Hey there, audio listener. Over the next few weeks, we are going to be back tending some of the content we've released for the Mortgage Champions newsletter right here on the Mixdown. Some of the content will be audio newsletters about relevant business topics. Others will be insightful interviews with top realtors, former Fed execs, and more. Listen to it all wherever you get your podcasts or watch free on YouTube, Facebook, or LinkedIn, or just get everything delivered straight to your inbox by visiting mortgagechampions.com forward slash MXDN. That's mortgagechampions.com forward slash MXDN, where you can subscribe for free and even earn rewards and swag for referring your friends and colleagues. And don't forget, your next cup of coffee can be on us if you just leave a review, good or bad, but preferably good on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, because that helps us serve more professionals just like you. Just visit mortgagechampions.com forward slash review for coffee. That's mortgagechampions.com forward slash review for coffee after leaving your review so we know where to send your next cup of joe. All right, enjoy the show. Today is July 15, 2022, and this is your Mortgage Champions Mixdown. Today's a little bit of a special episode of The Mixdown because I'm going to be sharing a personal piece that I wrote on my newsletter on LinkedIn, Marginal Gains. You can find it by either searching Marginal Gains or my name, Jake Vermillion, that's Visa Victor, E-R-M-I-L-L-I-O-N on LinkedIn. And uh, that piece is titled, Winning Teams Carefully Craft Their Cultures, Playbooks, and Rosters in That Order. This piece was originally published on July 15th of this year, 2022, but we are actually releasing this here on the podcast feed in August of that same year. So this content is about a month old, just keep that in mind. Now, late last month, something happened that I convinced myself never would. My beloved Colorado Avalanche won the Stanley Cup Finals. Now, for those who aren't hockey fans, the Stanley Cup Finals are the NHL's equivalent to the NBA Finals or the Super Bowl. And for those who aren't Colorado fans, it's not been since 2001 that the Avalanche have won the Cup, 21 years ago. If you're thinking, okay, great, good for you, but what does the Stanley Cup have to do with mortgage? Well... Nothing at all, but the coaching and management strategies that ultimately position the Avalanche to win a Stanley Cup have widespread application, even for mortgage lenders and loan officers. So how did the Avalanche go from the worst team in the league in 2016 to Stanley Cup champions in just six short seasons? Well, over the past two decades, the Colorado Avalanche have cycled through generations of players and staff. They've seen stadium turnovers and even undergone a change in ownership. And yet it wasn't until the 2016-2017 season when two-time Stanley Cup winner, NHL MVP, and Color Avalanche legend Joe Sackick entrusted the team to a semi-pro coach with no NHL experience, that things seemed to start to turn around. Now, Benner had seen success as a minor league head coach, winning championships in both the AHL and the ECHL, but taking on the task of rebuilding the culture, system play, and roster for an AHL team in hopes of competing for a Stanley Cup was obviously a huge ask, and one that a lot of fans at the time just simply thought was impossible. And that doubt only deepened when the Avalanche finished Bednar's first season behind the bench in 2016-2017 as not only the worst team in the league that year, but one of the worst teams in modern hockey history with just 22 wins and 60 combined regulation and overtime losses. Let's be honest, when you lose two out of three games and give up nearly 300 goals in a single season, it's hard to sell tickets and it's even harder to convince coaching staff and players to stay or come to Colorado. So how did the Avalanche go from losing 66% of their games in an empty stadium in 2016 to not only making the playoffs for each of the next five years, but becoming the odds-on favorite to win and ultimately defeating the defending Stanley Cup champions to become the new reigning Stanley Cup champions in 2022? Well, simply put, they built and then rebuilt a stellar hockey team year after year after year. And as a mortgage professional, you can be part of doing the exact same thing by focusing on three essential components to winning teams, culture, system of play, and roster. So let's talk about how the Avalanche built a culture that celebrated wins, learned from losses, and never played the blame game. In 2016, with the Avalanche boasting an influx of new players and a young, unproven captain struggling to lead, 
and a losing record, Jared Bender made the unnerving decision to intentionally sacrifice the 2016-2017 season for the sake of rebuilding the team from the ground up, starting with the culture in the locker room. While it can be tough to decipher the exact dynamics of a team behind closed doors, it was clear that a culture existed that perpetuated pessimism, incentivized individual performance over team performance, and ultimately allowed players and staff to indulge in blaming one another for shortcomings. Sound familiar? Well, the sad reality is, is that many sales and service teams are plagued by the same hostile cultures that can stagnate professional sports teams, even though stacked with talent and brimming with potential. Why? Well, because losing sucks, frankly. And when you work in an environment where the losses often outweigh the wins, like professional athletes, salespeople, customer service reps, the cumulative weight of losing deals, customers, partners, or even just individual interactions can ultimately breed a culture of defeat, jadedness, and contempt which is why the first step in building a winning sales and service team isn't to revamp the personnel or the process, but rather the knee-jerk responses that team members tend to have to things like wins, losses, and dropped balls. How your team behaves, interacts, and communicates in the face of correcting everyday snafus, winning or losing new business, or adapting to change speaks volumes about the state of your current culture and where there may be opportunities for cultivating the success-oriented, selfless, and collaborative cultures that often define winning teams, especially over the long run. So how do you change a culture that may be limiting your team's success? Well, the methods for improving a given team's or company's culture border in the infinite, I've gone ahead and I'm going to outline a couple of ideas as a suggested starting point. First and foremost, consider implementing group touch points at the start and end of every day to recognize past results while remaining focused on future opportunities. If you're not already hosting start and end of day meetings with your team, I, I, I truly can't recommend strongly enough considering to do so. As a leader, you're responsible for setting the tone for your team every single day. At Morgan Champions, we are fans of uh, what are known as stand-ups, uh, which you can read more about by downloading our meeting template on our website. Just visit morganchampions.com forward slash resources uh, for that and many more resources. And the reason why we're fans of stand-ups is because they take 15 minutes or less, celebrate wins without ignoring systemic issues that may be driving losses, and they connect and engage team members while serving as a launching point for further conversation and collaboration. Secondly, I would recommend setting clear and lofty but obtainable team goals and then regularly communicating progress toward those goals in team communications and gatherings. As a sales or service team leader, you alone can orient your team members' focus from their own individual performance toward team performance. While optimizing individual performance is, of course, essential to optimizing team performance, perpetuating culture that's oriented toward the self rather than the collective will ultimately always result in siloed employees that are motivated to act selfishly rather than collaboratively, which is why I would even go so far as to say that in self-oriented teams, team members are more likely to look to other team members of departments to cast blame or establish their self-declared turf on a customer file rather than to offer support or collaborate for the best interest of the customer and thereby the team and ultimately the company. So how do you combat self-orientation amongst your team members? Well, by constantly, clearly, and compellingly reinforcing a team mindset. Developing team goals and measuring individual results against the collective's efforts to meet those goals prioritizes team performance over individual performance without dismissing individual accomplishments or shortcomings. Organizing regular team touch points where team members are encouraged to engage, to offer support to one another, and to sharpen one another with advice, encouragement, accountability, it prevents team members from becoming siloed or feeling that their work doesn't contribute to the success of their peers. Now, quick note here, this is especially important for team members in service or production assistance roles, as they can often feel disconnected from the success of the company and the overall customer experience. Keep in mind, too, that addressing market changes, company changes, and gaps in the customer experience as a team rather than only through one-on-ones, encourages team-level conversation about how to meet the market, how to adjust new processes, programs, or products, and ultimately how to improve the customer experience from the multifaceted perspective of all team members. Okay, thirdly, I would, I would highly recommend finding a way to fiercely combat the urge to pass blame, first by yourself, then by your subordinates, then ultimately by your other team members. As a leader, the buck has to stop with you. 
Look, since being elevated to his position as head coach of the Colorado Avalanche, Jared Bednar has developed a reputation in the NHL for never blaming his players, his full coaching staff, his team ownership for team failures. Press conference after press conference, Bednar has squarely accepted the blame for poor individual performance, team performance, and frankly, underwhelming outcomes in the past. Taking the blame rather than choosing to pass it is what great leaders and coaches do, and they do it every single day. Rooting the blame game out of your team organization starts with you, but it doesn't end there. After you've consistently modeled responsible, accountable leadership, it's incumbent upon you to then quietly but firmly call out your subordinates and in time all of your peers when they try to pass the blame, whether it's warranted or otherwise. And this requires a locker room mentality. You as a sales or service leader need to create a safe space to voice and then verbally reinforce the culture you're building with your team members again and again and again by consistently saying to your team members, to your peers, hey, look, we don't do that, right? We don't pass the blame. We don't gossip. Let's just let it go. Let's refocus. Let's stick to our playbook and let's make the next opportunity count. You're sowing seeds of selflessness, team mindedness and resilience that will ultimately bring about measurable results in time. Okay, so let's talk about something else that the Avalanche did that I think is super applicable to the mortgage industry. They designed a system of play, not work, play that prioritized speed to capitalize on opportunities. Look, after you've addressed your team's culture, the immediate next area of focus has to be your sales or service playbook. Now, keep in mind, the order of priority here is very, very important. Teams with a positive, collaborative, and success-oriented culture can win without a rigid system of play, but the reverse isn't necessarily true. Similarly, teams that adapt their system of play to cater to their existing personnel often come up short of the ultimate goal, while teams that develop an effective system of play and then fill their roster to meet the needs created by that system often see success even without superstar talent. So how do you develop a system of play or a playbook for your sales or service team? Well, that's a much longer conversation that we should have with our team at Board Champions, but regardless of your exact playbook, every sales and service team's playbook should prioritize putting people, protocols, and platforms in place to empower team members to quickly seize opportunities when they arise, especially in low-volume markets like the one we're currently experiencing amidst a global economic slowdown. At the end of the day, a lot contributed to the Avalanche's historic Stanley Cup victory this past summer, but a leading contributor to that success was their unmatched ability to create odd man rushes up the ice, which is a tactic where immediately after the team gains control of the puck on defense, they then launch an offensive attack, outnumbering the other team and creating high-quality scoring chances. Factoring the postseason, no other NHL team scored more than the Avalanche this past season. Adopting that same commitment to quickly create and capitalize on opportunities with existing and prospective customers and partners will drive your results for your sales or service team without dictating exactly how your team members drive those results in their individual roles. Okay, let's talk about the last thing that the Avalanche did really well in order to earn a cup. They curated a deep roster that ultimately served the team's needs, not the reverse. Far, far, far too often, sales and service leaders approach hiring like GMs approach the draft or free agency markets pinning their hopes on acquiring a superstar rather than identifying the acute, though often not flashy, needs of the team and then acquiring talent that meets those needs. When leaders first build a healthy, results-oriented culture and then develop a proven playbook that can be implemented by any willing team member, the need to solve underperformance through an expensive Hail Mary acquisition practically evaporates. When leaders position new hires for success by first investing in their culture and then developing a successful system of play, they can then focus on meeting the lingering needs of the team through low-cost, role-specific acquisitions that allow for specialization at the role level without losing overall adaptability at the team level. What does that mean? Well, Dale, our founder at Mortgage Champions, regularly advocates for creating what he calls specialized diversity across sales and service teams, meaning that teams are capable of selling a diverse range of products or delivering a diverse range of services because they're comprised of talented individuals working in highly specialized roles. 
But even beyond specializing roles in pursuit of diversifying your team's capacity, hiring to fill needs that exist within your team allows for the opportunity to build a deep bench. There are only so many natural superstars in their prime in any league or industry, which is why stripping away the need to hire superstars to address underperformance creates a much larger qualified talent pool. Of course, hiring talent that needs to be specialized and developed requires a significant commitment to developing a smooth employee onboarding process and effective ongoing training across a range of mission-critical skills. Whether that's best built in-house or in partnership with one or more external vendors is a personal choice, but winning teams make a conscious and consistent investment in developing their talent to the utmost peaks of performance. And your team can be no exception, nor was the Avalanche. Some of the most clutch game-winning goals scored by Avs in their run to the Cup were tallied by homegrown players who had been written off by other teams. Head coach Jared Bednar and GM Joe Sackick committed years ago to revamping the Avalanche development program and free agency management playbook, and they now have hockey's greatest trophy to show for it, forever. They will forever be champions, winners of the highest order, and so can you. But it starts with your culture, your playbook, and then your roster in that order. Culture, playbook, roster. But don't just take it from me. Talk to leaders at high-performing teams and companies. And if you hear anything but the above strategy, well, let me know on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. And I promise you, if I am proven wrong, I will publicly wear a Tampa Bay Lightning jersey instead of my Colorado Avalanche Stanley Cup champions jersey for an entire day. As always, thanks so much for listening. You can, of course, always subscribe to The Mixdown by visiting morechampions.com forward slash MXDN. That's morechampions.com forward slash MXDN. You can subscribe totally for free. And when you do, if you start to refer the show to your friends, to your colleagues in the industry, you can even earn free rewards and swag. And of course, don't forget that your next cup of coffee is on us if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Just be sure to visit morganchampions.com forward slash review for coffee. That's morganchampions.com forward slash review for coffee just to let us know that you left a review and where we can send your next cup of joe. We'll be back with more great content here on The Mixdown by Mortgage Champions. The Mixdown is a production of Mortgage Champions, copyright Mortgage Champions 2022. The show is hosted and produced by me, Jeff Million. Music by Envato Elements. Thanks for listening.